There's a battle going on in each of us. And the more we understand this battle, and more specifically how to defeat it, the more you will experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. In today's podcast, we're going to continue looking at the battle between the flesh and the spirit described in Galatians 5. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. I'm Lee Whitman from Restoring the Foundations. And today's verse, once again, is Galatians 5, 16, and 17. But this time I'm going to quote from the Passion Translation. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. In this podcast, I want to talk about how each of our unique versions of the self-life was developed and how that version of the flesh or self-life is in opposition to the Holy Spirit's operation in your life. The flesh or self-life is unique to you because it was developed around how you got your needs met. We were all created with the same basic needs. We have a need to be loved. We have a need to be accepted. We have a need to feel valuable or like we're worth something. Those are all real needs that God designed into us so that he could meet those needs. Having the needs is not the problem. The problem is that Adam and Eve decided to try and get those God-given needs met through their own method by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And ever since Adam and Eve ate that initial fruit salad, man has been driven to fulfill those needs out of his own resources. The Bible calls this self-effort the flesh. Here again is that definition of the flesh that we used last week. The flesh, the self-life, is the condition, the mindset, the attitude, the strategy for living, where my focus is primarily on myself, Even if it's good-looking self or well-adjusted self or socially acceptable self, where I'm living out of my own resources, such as my heritage, education, IQ, personality, sense of humor, looks, talents, abilities, whatever, in order to, number one, cope and deal with life, number two, solve my problems, number three, meet my needs, and number four, become a success. Now, these patterns of the flesh are formed to achieve two main tasks. The first task is to get our needs for love, acceptance, and value met. The second task is to protect us from being hurt or rejected. Stan's father was a one-night stand for his mother, so Stan grew up never knowing his dad. When his irresponsible father found out that she was pregnant, he left town and never contacted her again. From as early as he could remember, Stan's mom demanded that Stan grow up and be responsible in order to help her around the house. She would often talk to him about being the man of the house. Stan, however, 
didn't know what it meant to be a man since he had no example. Stan learned as a small child that by doing chores around the house, like cleaning and picking up, he would get his mother's praise. He also learned pretty quickly that in order to avoid her anger, he tried not to need anything. You can guess what Stan's pattern of the flesh looked like. He was the guy who was very organized and got things done and that took care of everyone around him. You know, if a coworker had a problem, Stan was the guy who could solve the problem. In his professional life, these traits made Stan very successful and wealthy. On the surface, this trait made Stan look like he was a servant, when in actuality, he had to take care of others in order to feel valuable. Stan was also a neat freak. You could guess that. He got terribly agitated when things were even the slightest bit out of order. Order provided him comfort and security. Now, flesh again are those mindsets, attitudes, and strategy for living where our focus is primarily on ourself. Sometimes we think of the flesh as just those patterns that appear to be sinful, like pornography or lying or cheating. Stan's flesh made him look very much like a servant, when in actuality, his focus was not on others, but on himself and what he received by serving. These patterns of the flesh can oftentimes look very good on the outside, but as we talked about in last week's podcast, you can only know if something is done from the flesh or the spirit by looking at the motivation. Flesh is motivated by what I get out of something. When something is done by the spirit, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. You know, RTF right now is involved in a group of ministries called Transformation Alliance that are all focused on bringing healing and freedom to the body of Christ. We love this association because it's a group of ministries that are more concerned about bringing healing to the body of Christ than it is about which ministry is getting the headlines or gets the credit. We did an online symposium a few months ago in which all 12 ministries presented their different ministries and what made them unique from the other ministries. It was exciting to see that even though we all have somewhat different methods, the focus for each ministry is on bringing the kingdom of God to earth. Walking in the flesh would say that RTF is in competition with these other ministries, so we can't support other healing ministries, right? But the Spirit wants unity in the body of Christ. We stand with other Christ-centered healing ministries because it's more important about bringing God's kingdom to earth than it is about building our own kingdom. When Stan was 45 years old, a friend recommended that he come to RTF ministry after his third divorce. When Stan came to RTF for help, his ministers recognized that Stan had been set up by the enemy to walk in the struggle. First, they saw that Stan had inherited the generational pressure to live life as an orphan. Orphans do what is necessary to make life work out of their own resources. Stan's father took off and deserted Stan's pregnant mother because that is what he thought was best for him and only him. He passed his generational curse of being an orphan onto his son, Stan. As a good orphan, Stan learned how to get his needs met through what he did for others. Orphans like Stan have a hard time connecting to people. It is such a double bind that these struggling people are in. On the one hand, they desperately want affection and connection with the people around them. But on the other hand, the pressure from this orphan spirit is so strong to go at life on their own 
that they can't trust others to meet their needs, including God. The first thing these ministers did was to break off this generational curse of living life as an orphan. Most people like Stan don't know how much pressure this generational curse is putting on them until the curse is broken. Then the ministers recognized two very strong messages that Stan had been living his life out of. Stan's flesh, his self-life, had been formed around these messages. In RTF, we call these messages of the flesh ungodly beliefs because they're things believed that do not match up with God's nature, his character, or his word. The first message Stan believed was, I'm valuable because I do good to others. I can only get love, value, and acceptance by what I do. This lie worked very well for Stan in his professional life. Stan was the boss's dream. He did whatever his boss asked him to do, even if that meant working till all hours of the night. This lie, however, led Stan to try so hard to meet the needs of his three wives that he actually pushed them away. The second lie that ruled Stan's life was, the only way I am safe is when I'm in control. Now, let me talk about control for a minute, because people control most often to protect themselves from pain. When we think bad things might happen to us to make us feel pain or even vulnerability, we grab for the illusion of being in control. Why do I say the illusion of control? Because control is an illusion. We are never in total control, nor ever will we be totally in control. We can do things to influence situations, but we're never in control. Let me give you kind of a crazy example. Try to make your heart beat. Go ahead. See how successful you are at making your heart beat. You have absolutely no control over your heart beating. We are completely dependent upon God to make our hearts beat. You know, a couple years ago, I had a heart attack and my heart actually stopped. You know how much control I had over that? Zero. The good news is that God, who is in control, jump-started my heart and it came back to life, obviously. We know we can't control our heartbeat, yet many people live under the illusion that they can be in control of other things in their life. And people like Stan believe the lie that they have to be in control in order to be safe. Chester and Betsy Kilstra have a wonderful teaching on the stronghold of shame, fear, and control. They discovered that shame leads to fear that bad things are going to happen, and this fear leads people to try and control. You can find this teaching in our resources section of the RTF website. It's marvelous. In Stan's life, the shame of being abandoned by his father led him to fear that his mother and other significant people in his life would also reject and abandon him. This fear caused Stan to try and control everything to give him, again, the illusion of being safe. The biggest problem with believing that you have to be in control in order to be safe is that you can never relax. You have to be on top of everything in your life in order to even have the hope of feeling that you're safe. It never worked for Stan. Even with all of his best efforts to be in control, he never could relax enough to feel safe. And in the process of trying to remain in control, he made it nearly impossible for three women to be in a marriage relationship with him. The good news is that Stan received wonderful RTF ministry and is now walking in freedom from the struggle. Why am I telling you about Stan? 
because each of us has developed our own unique version of the flesh that is battling against the Holy Spirit operating freely in our lives. Some of you are acutely aware of this battle and recognize that your patterns in the flesh are holding you in bondage. You hate the hold the flesh has on you, but try as you might, you're almost powerless to overcome it on your own. Others have become so accustomed to this battle that they've accepted it as normal. I am here to tell you that there is hope and freedom for each of you. Some of the patterns of our flesh contain big lies that are blocking us from experiencing the abundant life that Jesus came to give. If you recognize those in your life, reach out to our ministry coordinator at ministry at restoringthefoundations.org and schedule an RTF ministry session. The freedom that is available will change your life. And if you're not struggling with these big lies, but you notice you have little lies that are still warring against the spirit operating in your life, don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than what Jesus came to give you, and that is total freedom. Set up a ministry appointment with one of our highly trained RTF ministers located literally around the world, and the more freedom you get, the more peace and joy will flow from your life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that freedom is available, that even though your word talks about this battle between the flesh and the spirit, we're not helpless victims of this battle, but that we can come against it and deal with the lies, deal with the, the patterns of the flesh so that we can experience the freedom that you came to give us. Galatians 5.1 says, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Freedom from what? Everything. Freedom from anything that's holding us back. Thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. So today, my friends, thank you again for listening. Please don't settle for anything less than what Jesus Christ died to give you. Because I guarantee you, once you deal with this stuff, you'll be so glad you did. Because the freedom that we experience in Christ over this battle between the flesh and the spirit doesn't have to control us. We can defeat it. We can walk in the spirit and not give in to the desires of the flesh. Bless you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.